You're listening to Simple Roots Radio, episode number 160. And today, we're talking about how to turn your pain into something powerful. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Sherm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. And now your host, Alexa Sherm. Welcome back to this podcast. As always, my name's Alexa, and this is the place to get healthy, live happy, and find more joy. Today, I have a very special interview inside the Mindset Series with Mike Foster. Now, I have to tell you that Mike Foster is someone I've been following and listening to his podcast for a really long time. It has been an influential part of my healing journey, and I'm so honored that he'd come on the show to answer some of my questions, tell more about his journey, and how we can take our pain and turn it into something powerful, to turn our pain into a superpower. So I'm excited that he's here. I know this is a deep podcast and a lot of people see pain and think, I don't want that. All I want is happy. But I promise we can't get to the happy until we deal with the pain. And there's so much freedom on the other side. So I know that Mike is going to help us get through that and help us learn to use our pain for good. To give you a little insight, Mike Foster is an author, speaker, and an executive counselor. And his goal is to help people turn setbacks into superpowers. He's been featured on Fox, ABC, and the New York Times, and he's the host of the Fun Therapy podcast. If you've never heard of Fun Therapy, you have to go check it out. It's so insightful. He interviews guests to help walk them through their stories and gives little commentary along the way. I really, really do love it. Mike has all kinds of things going on. He has the podcast, but he also has a workshop called Strongest, which someday I'm going to be able to make it to this, but really just helping you to become a stronger you and helping other people around you. So make sure you check out Mike Foster at mikefoster.tv and listen to his podcast over on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's called Fun Therapy. Today on the show, like I said, I'm going to be talking to Mike about digging into this pain and past traumas and uncovering our story and how digging up our story can change our future and where we're going. We're going to dive into things like changing the programming in your subconscious, challenging your subconscious, creating visualization, and so much more. So you're going to want to stay tuned for this podcast. I'm excited, I'm honored, and I'm thrilled to bring you the amazing Mike Foster. But before we get to today's show, I do want to remind you that you can get all of the information on today's show and the entire mindset series over in the show notes at simperitswellness.com backslash 160. Like I said, over there, you can get all the information where you can learn more about Mike, a little bit more details into this show, and also you can grab that free guide that I created for the summer series called The Joy Experiment. Inside The Joy Experiment is prompts, it's Uh, information about really creating this new story, this new version of yourself, and putting the action behind it to see the change that you want to see. I really love the guide. I put a lot of time and effort into it, and these have been such pivotal exercises that I've used in my own healing journey that I want to package them together for you. So make sure you head on over there, download that guide, and print it off and start using it in your own life. Also, if you're loving the Mindset Series, I would love if you tell your friends and family about Simperitz Radio. It is how the show grows because of you, and I'm so thankful for that. So make sure you just take a screenshot, share it on social media, or send it to your friends and family via email or tell them at work or wherever you are. I would so appreciate you telling others about this program if it's helping change your life. 
And that's my goal of this, is that we aren't just people who chase health, but health becomes who we are. It's it's what you do because that's who you are. And that's my goal with this, is that health allows you to live with so much more purpose and do bigger things than you could have ever imagined. And I hope that you're finding that here at Some Broads Radio. So today we're going to dive in with Mike and get right to the show, but make sure you head on over to the show notes to get all the information you're looking for and where you can find more about Mike. But for now... Here is Mike. Welcome to the show, Mike. It's a true honor to have you on. Uh, thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah. So I just kind of want to know, I've been binging your podcast. I just love it so much. And I've been telling everyone about it because it's my new favorite podcast. And I'm not just saying that because you're on. It is the best. And I think oh, it's thanks. because of where I am in my journey too. You know, like it's just like this, this awakening for me lately. And it just, it's so helpful and a breath of fresh air to have other people share their stories as well. And just kind of like this coming out, so to say, of like this dark, I don't want to say dark past, but like of things that are happening in the past. And so today I want to have you on and I want to talk about a lot of different things. But I first want to start with why did you become so passionate about the mind? Like what is your story behind what you do? Yeah, well, I think most things that uh, all of us are involved in in terms of trying to help others or trying to create uh, a better, more loving world actually flows from our own pain. I, I think everybody, mm-hmm. er, er, it seems like every person I talk to who's on a mission, who wants to impact others, who wants to make a dent in the universe, that there's something in their story that has driven them to this place of wanting to, I think really, in a sense, turn their pain into something powerful mm-hmm. and and really take that setback and really use it to be a, a superpower for them. And so for me, I, I'm, I fall in that category. Um, I have uh, sexual abuse in my background. I have several uh, traumatic events uh, in my story. Uh, I was involved in a very s- serious, horrific boating accident where I was behind the wheel of a boat and I uh, accidentally ran over another skier and I permanently, uh, disfigured them, almost killed them. And, you know, all the, the trauma of, of that event and the guilt and the shame of that. I, I think what I tell people is that I've had a rock bottom experience yeah. in almost every decade of my life. <laughs> but the, the thing that I think the choice that we have, Alexa, when these uh, things happen to us mm-hmm. and when these uh, chapters arise in our story, the, the, traumatic chapters or the painful chapters is we can either become really cynical or angry or just shut down, or we have an opportunity to have an opening into something really powerful and something really uh, incredible if we're willing to do the work around that. Yeah. So in your life, when you came to these moments, how did you get yourself to the place of choosing healing? I mean, because I think there are so many people who hit that rock bottom maybe not even rock bottom, but we we're faced with a choice. Like how do you even mm-hmm. get yourself wrapped around that? Yeah, I, I think there's, um, I think there's several ways to get, uh, from a place of, of living in our pain, being a victim to, a, to moving in a place of power and really leveraging that pain. I think for me, one of the, one of the things that happened in my life is, the, the initial choice to sort of live in my pain or to be defined by my pain or quietly suffer in my shame 
Mm -hmm. honestly, uh, led me to a life, led me to uh, a way of doing my life that just stopped working after a while. And I think that's kind of what happens is that we figure out a way how to get along in our lives, how to do relationships, how to, you know, succeed to overcome failure, whatever the sort of unhealthy response we have to our pain. I think what happens is that eventually it stops working. It, it stops it stops being uh, something that really is going to be a long-term solution. And so for me, kind of what happened is I got to the place in my life and this was for, you know, for, for the sexual abuse part Mm -hmm. where there was just tons of shame, tons of, tons of guilt. I went to this perfectionistic performance model of trying to get people to like me and love me and, you know, a great people pleaser, all that stuff that was, being fueled by that shame all of a sudden that stuff stopped working 30 years later and i'm like oh crap um i'm actually going to have to face this and get healing around this and do some work around this if i'm going to actually survive the rest of my life Mm -hmm. and so um you know for me it kind of came to a point where i said i don't want to live this way anymore i don't want to be people pleasing perfectionistic shame, uh, living Mike, mm-hmm. I want to be free. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's where it starts. It just says, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do this anymore. And then you start talking about it. You start doing therapy around it. Uh, you start doing your work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there, do you feel like in these times when you decide, I don't want to live this way anymore, do you think that we all can grasp that we can be healed? Or do you feel like there's a level of growth that it takes to actually come to that place. I don't know if that question makes sense, but you know, like, yeah, I feel no, like, totally some, yeah, yeah. Like that rock bottom, it's almost hard. Like, can this even be fixed? Like how, how do you give someone like that encouragement of like, Hey, there's hope there's freedom on the other side of this. Hmm. Well, I think for me, like one of the things that I, when I'm working with people and, and whether it's through the podcast and, and doing counseling through the podcast, you know, there is, there is sort of this belief that everything can be fixed, everything can be healed, everything can be, you know, closure. We love the idea of closure Mm -hmm. in our society. That's actually not my approach to uh, pain and trauma. My my approach is things can be better, stronger, more healed, more whole. But but the work of, quote unquote, fixing it and and completely healing from it is a lifelong journey. Mm -hmm. And so there are times like in my process where uh, I have, I, I'm hoping to work on this for 20 years, honestly, to right. like continue to get it more healthy, continue to get more whole. Um, there's also weeks where I step back into shame, Mike, you know, mm-hmm. the, 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 I step back into performance or per, the perfectionism and I have a bad week. And so it's a constant journey of, um, growing and growth and redeeming the, the brokenness of our past. So, it's not like the project isn't fixing. The project isn't closure. The mm. project is just growth. Mm-hmm. How do you, okay. So if you're at this place, cause this summer we're doing this whole mindset series, anxiety series. And I think it's confusing because we do live in a world of fixing things, right? Like we do live mm-hmm. in that space of even in the health space, I see like the all or none, or we want the quick fix. And I love the idea of a journey. Like, I think everything in life is about the journey. Um, and 
you know, that maybe the destination comes or it's totally different than what we think. But how do you know if you're on that path of healing? Like, is there signs that you're unhealthy versus healthy in the mind space? Or how would someone know like, okay, even though I'm not at the end point, even though I'm not fixed, how do I know I'm on the path of health? Yeah, that's such a great question. One of the things that I think, uh, first off, I would say is I know I'm, I know I'm healing when I am talking about it, when Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. am no longer suffering in silence, when I'm no longer holding on to secrets, you know, and, and talking about it could be talking about it with your therapist. It could be talking about it with a close friend. It could be be, meaning being in a 12 step group or uh, group therapy, Mm -hmm. but, but that you are in community with your pain and you're no longer suffering silently with Mm -hmm. it. I think that's a big sign of whether you're getting well or not. I think the other thing is hope and measuring the amount of hope in your day. Mm -hmm. Because if you feel like it's not going to get better, if you're sort of feeling like, okay, you're quitting, you're no longer taking ownership of your life, because you feel just completely defeated, then that, that to me is a sign of you're probably not moving in the right direction. But even if you have small ounces, you know, doses of hope in your life, small steps, I, I always like to tell people, this isn't a race. This mm-hmm. isn't sort of how fast we can get to our healing. It is just about progress. And if the progress is micro progress, I'm good with that because you're trending in the right direction. And so I always encourage people, don't, don't look at so much of the distance that you might be going. Look at the the, the direction that you're pointed. And are you pointed towards health right now? Mm-hmm. Are you going after that? Or are you pointed towards uh, greater dysfunction? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I, I like the, the, little, the little things. Like sometimes you have to notice the little things, which can be hard in a world that feels like internally it's hurting. So when you talk about voicing this, I've heard some thoughts that journaling can do this too, but is, Mm. I mean, surely it's not as powerful as talking it or is journaling as powerful as speaking it to someone? Like what's your take on that? Yeah. Well, I love journaling because it it actually is a great way to, to begin to organize our thoughts Mm -hmm. and really begin here. Here's, here's the big problem. And I suffered with this a lot is we have this, this thing called our brain or our mind and it loves to swirl on all kinds of negativity. And it loves to swirl and, and thrives in foggy confusion. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so anytime we can begin to get out of our brain and onto a piece of paper or out of our brain and into a conversation, that is going to help us organize and it's going to help us get clarity. And so I can, you know, I think journaling's fantastic. I do believe, like maybe if uh, journaling's a uh, first step, I think the second set step is to actually mm-hmm. say the words out loud. I think there's something very profound and sacred and powerful that when we speak the words of our pain, we speak the words of our confusion, we we speak our fears to somebody else in safe, uh, uh, radical acceptance community. By the way, I think that's really important. Like who? What, who we choose to say these things to is absolutely critical because that's part of the problem of why we don't actually talk about this stuff is because we've bumped up against judgment or 
uh, rejection or people have shamed us or made us feel less than because when we shared something with them that was important, they they weren't safe community. They weren't mm-hmm. a safe friend. They weren't uh, loving in that moment. And so, you know, we got to find, I think journaling is a great step. And then I think an, a, an additional step would be to find at least one other person where we're able to share what is rumbling underneath the surface. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if someone is suffering here, like this internal suffering, which I'm led to believe that almost everyone has some sort of internal suffering, maybe that they haven't even dealt with. Some people, of Mm -hmm. course, are on that healthy journey. Like, would you say that that's a fair assumption to say that? Because I I say this because I feel like I hear a lot of people who say, well, I don't have a story or my story doesn't matter. Or, you know, like they kind of I think that we're all inclined to maybe diminish it a little bit. Mm -hmm. But do you feel like everyone has a story? Like everyone has some form of healing that needs to happen? I do. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that trauma loves to convince us of is that, oh, this isn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. This doesn't really matter. Or you don't have a story. Or you're good. You know, I think those that, that is the lie of trauma. And the thing about trauma is sometimes we think, well, trauma is only you know, big traumatic stuff right. like abuse or, or, a, you know, I shared about this boating act, it, like these big horrific events, trauma can be very micro. Also, like, I think I talked to a lot of people who, uh, especially child in their childhood where something was spoken over them, something was said to them in a moment by maybe a parent or maybe on the playground. And that, that, negative comments or that shaming moment is still stuck inside. Mm-hmm. It's still there and it has never been processed or has never been looked at again. And yet it's a defining uh, control mechanism in their life. Mm-hmm. And so it could be all the way from like, you're ugly. Some mm-hmm. kid says you're ugly on the playground and that gets stuck subconsciously, by the way, we're not even aware of it because it's not that we're, we're, going back to that playground moment. But that belief, that idea got stuck in the subconscious programming and is there. And so that's why I believe like every single one of us has suffered trauma, period. Mm -hmm. And trauma could just be anything that's not loving. Anything that is not kind is trauma, okay? It doesn't have to be big, horrific, dark, evil stuff. It could just be um, smaller things. And so processing that because if we're not if we're not aware of the subconscious programming in our lives if we're not willing to look at that if we're not willing to test our conclusions if we're not willing to get curious about what's underneath the surface then we're always going to sort of live at the mercy of our pain Mm -hmm. so when you say test the subconscious because like i mean the research shows that our brains are designed to close loops so Mm -hmm. we we can come up with stories. We create stories based on not factual information a lot of the times. <laughs> yes. And so when, when you say challenge the subconscious, what does that look like? Well, I think it, it's, uh, it's exactly what you're saying. It's like, what story do I believe right mm-hmm. now that just isn't true? Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, we got a lot of stories that we believe <laughs> right. that just are not true. <laughs> a yeah. lot of them. Um, and, and so, you know, some people would call them limiting beliefs, um, you know, scripts. There's just 
conclusions that we've come to, right? Mm-hmm. We've we've closed the loop, as you said, on things that unfortunately are just completely false or or distorted at at, at best, distorted at best, you know. But but most of the time they're just completely false. So as I sat in my own shame or in my own script of, in in story, I I believed that I wasn't not I was not enough. Mm-hmm. I felt that. Um, I didn't have gifts or talents that were that important. And so I had to super prove myself, right? I had to go over and beyond. I had to overgive and over responsibly. And all of this is the false self. All of this is, is, is moving from this place of unworthiness. And it isn't until I can say, wait, hold on a sec. I know I, I know I have thought this for decades now and I believe this script and I know my brain is telling me this, but is it, actually true Mm -hmm. that's where and that's a huge that's a brave courageous question isn't it in our lives to actually just ask that and Uh just stop like time out is this really true and that's a that's the that's the beauty of um community and friendship is as we begin to speak some of these false scripts and these false stories about ourselves we actually get feedback right Mm -hmm. we get feedback from people that go that's not true mike you're not uh, unworthy. You're not not talented. You're not, or maybe that that thing that happened on the playground that said uh, that person that said you were ugly. You have a friend that says, "Oh my gosh, no, you're beautiful." Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you like look? I think I'm trying to look more like you because you're so beautiful. You know, like it isn't until we get out of our brains and out of the unlocked from these scripts and unhooked from these limiting beliefs that we can actually move into freedom. Mm-hmm. And that's the journey. That's the, that's the point of all of this. But sometimes we have to challenge the crap that we have just accepted for way too long. Yeah. I love that you said that. And I'm like replaying all these things in my past that like have stuck with me that have kind of defined my story and what's been frustrating on this journey and maybe not frustrating, but I just want to bring this up because this is a point that I've been working through is I feel like when I went on this journey to really uncover like the subconscious, because I I knew I didn't want to keep living this way. Like you said, is that it hasn't been a quick fix. Like it's not like, I don't, like you said, it's a journey, right? Like, I think I went into this Mm -hmm. expecting that if I did the work that I wouldn't think these things anymore. But for me, that hasn't been the case. Maybe it should be. That's what I want you to know. But I feel like it's a daily kind of rewriting the story. Like I'm I'm not there yet where I fully am convinced that what I've believed isn't true. Does that make sense? Mm. Like, but I thought I would be yeah. fixed by now. Like I I kind of go back to that of like, should I still be dealing with this stuff? Like, is it really a like do you feel like in the journey of health, even when someone gets to a really healthy place, like is that story always there? Are we always constantly remembering the new story? Like I don't know if this is making any sense, but no, it does. Alexa, here's what I, here's what I would say is that when the voice of it should be fixed right now starts playing mm-hmm. or shows up in our day, we have to remember that that voice is the pain. Mm. That voice is our false self. That, that voice is uh, not rooted in love, honestly. Mm-hmm. That is not a kind voice. And so we that voice is actually shaped by uh, our fears, shaped by our shame, shaped by our ego. It's shaped by our society, right? That says things need to move fast. Mm-hmm. We need to get there more quickly. Um, 
man, that, that's where grace comes in, honestly. Mm -hmm. And, and self-compassion and kindness in our, in those times where we think we're not making progress or not moving uh, fast enough, or we've slipped back backwards. We've gone backwards on something. We made a lot of progress and that maybe, maybe on an addiction, like you're, you're, you have been in recovery around an addiction and then you fall off the wagon, right? Mm-hmm. And you're back into it. And in those shame cycles can really kick up hard in that moment, right? And so it is about in those moments where we feel like we're not making pro- enough progress or getting closure fast enough or whatever, fix it or whatever those those themes are that we, we tell ourselves again, driven by fear, not love, or we fall off the wagon or we take a huge gigantic leap, uh, leap backwards instead of forwards. That's where we have to, to really invite compassion mm. and, and recenter ourselves around the, the idea of grace and say, listen, I'm a, I'm a human being who is figuring it out, slowly figuring it out, but I'm not perfect. And I'm, and I'm not, I, I have no, I've, I put no rule on my life as Mike Foster that I have to be perfect mm. or that I, every day has to be a good day. There are days where I'm sad. There are days where I'm disappointed. There are days where I'm afraid. There are days where I'm like, who is this guy? Because this isn't the, the fully thriving, healthy Mike. This is the, this is the scared little shameful Mike that mm-hmm. I thought I've done like years of work to try to <laughs> eliminate right. him from my, my story. And so lots of grace, grace upon grace upon grace, uh, during this journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in your own life, what does that look like on a daily basis? Like, is it, is it, uh, when those thoughts come up, like, do you have kind of a, like a little battle plan that you go through to help yourself come through that? Or like, what does that look like? Hmm. Well, it, it, it's something actually that, uh, I, I do, uh, workshops, uh, I have a workshop called yeah. Rusty Academy. I have a new workshop called strongness that's, uh, coming up, uh, here in a month or so. And one of the things that I talk about and teach is this idea of having an icon of my true self. And it's a visual that I have created to help anchor me back to who I really am. Because part of the, the downside of trauma and pain is that it causes us to create this false self, this character that we build, that we create to make ourselves acceptable in the world so that we would be loved, that we would belong, that we'd be liked um, so that people would accept us. And that's that false self. And the pain has informed that false self. But our true self to me is the, is our, our, the way that we're supposed to live, the way that who we really are, our, our unique gifts and strengths and characteristics and our likes and dislikes. And we fully own that, okay? And so for me, I, I've created a icon, two icons actually. One to represent my false self, one to represent my true self. Mm -hmm. So my false self icon is is a picture I call Skinny Mike. And Skinny Mike is the shameful, performance, perfectionistic Mike who feels like he has no power or strength. He has to um, play a game. And there's sort of this weakness in it. He's always stepping back instead of stepping forward. So I have that picture of Skinny Mike, and that's my false self. And then I have this picture of my true self, uh, which is a picture of a lion. 
and I, I literally visualize this. So like on my phone, I have a picture of a lion. Uh, in my house, I probably have uh, two or three uh, lions. I have uh, in my yard, I have a lion fountain. <laughs> it's just yeah. like I have lions everywhere. And what I do is when I when I feel – and a lion does three things. And the lion represents three kind of core things about who I am. The first thing is a lion – uh, attacks and and can kill. And what I do is not that I kill people or kill things. Right. <laughs> I, I kill problems. Uh-huh. And so part of, part of one of the gifts of uh, the trauma from early on in my childhood is I figured out how to how to solve things and solve problems. Because one of the unfortunate things that happened in my life when I discussed the abuse with uh, sexual abuse with my family is that we never talked about it again. It was sort of a, we're not talking about this kind of stuff. And so as a, as a little kid, I'm forced to figure out right. how the world works, mm-hmm. okay? Well, fast forward, that now is a is actually a gift that I have. And it's actually in my counseling, I use this. And when I'm working with people, when I'm strategically thinking about projects, I'm able to quickly solve problems. And that is a strength that I have. And it's something, so as a lion, I kill problems quickly. Mm-hmm. Second thing about a lion is a lion likes to sit under a shade tree. So part of a huge part of my true self is self care. Mm-hmm. I I can't be running all over the place. I can't be, you know, putting in 60, 70 hours a week. I cannot live that way because that is not the way the lion lives. The lion relaxes. Mm-hmm. He he chills. There's there's certainly there's moments where he kills problems, but there's certain moments where he just has to uh, refuel and relax and just sit in the shade tree and, and do his, do whatever he wants to do. And the third, so that that's a lot about freedom actually for me. And then as freedom and self-care. And the third part of the lion would be um, the, this idea of protecting. Uh, so one of the things that, whether in my books that I'm writing, when I'm in uh, groups, when I'm speaking from stages, whatever, I want my presence to be a presence that, where people feel safe, mm. where people feel at ease. And, and if, if I'm in a room and there's some somebody attacking somebody else, you know, shaming somebody else, trying to one-up somebody else, I hope that my presence there would cause them to reconsider doing that. Mm. Because they know if they, if they, any type of behavior that I see around that, uh, the lion's stepping in mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's not like, that's what I do. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, my friend, we're not doing that. And whether it's self-shaming or shaming of other people or trying to hurt people, the lion, the lion's going to mm-hmm. roar in those moments. Okay. So that's who I am. And that's, that's kind of how I orient my true self. And so, um, if I'm not doing those three things, I know that I'm, I'm operating under skinny mic. And so what I do is I having a bad day, I visualize the lion mm-hmm. scared to have a conversation with somebody. I visualize the lion feeling like I'm not enough. Like I can't solve this problem or I can't figure out this financial sh- struggle or this, um, business thing. Uh, I can't negotiate. I'd be the lion. Mm-hmm. You know, every time I get on a stage, I, last week I spoke at a conference, 3,500 leaders in the room and I, I've been speaking for 15 years and skinny Mike used to call all the shots whenever I spoke. He was always like, um, 
nervous, scared, uh, didn't want to be there, uh, felt like he had nothing to say, always after he finished speaking would get into this whole shame cycle of what I should have said or what um, well, what I forgot to say or did they like me? That's the whole skinny yeah, mic. Yeah. Last week, like before I get up on stage, I go, be the lion, Mike. Be the lion. I'm visualizing this icon of my true self. I'm looking at my phone that has this lion on it. I'm going, I'm following, by the way, I'm following Instagram accounts that that uh, have, have li- are dedicated to lions. That's I'm awesome. just trying to get this picture in yeah. front of me so I can show up each day living that way, not living the skinny mic way. Yeah. And that there's something so powerful about the visual for our minds and just the just the focus, right? Like we feast on what we focus and um, just the change of focus. And I know we're running out of time here, but if someone wanted to start, like someone's like, I don't want to live this way anymore. What would you have them ask themselves? Like what, what is your starting question? Yeah, that, that's such a, so here's what I would say. And by the way, it's a incredibly courageous statement to say, I don't want to live this mm-hmm. way anymore. Mm-hmm. Like give your yourself a pat on the back for that, to j- reward yourself for just coming to that point of saying, I don't want to live that way anymore. That is half, if not you know, more than half the battle. Okay. I think that the second thing that I would encourage uh, an individual to do is, you know, you mentioned journaling earlier. I, I think a, a great thing to begin to journal is ask yourself the question, what do I want? Mm. Get that clear in your mind. What kind of relationships do you want? Mm -hmm. What kind of marriage do you want? What kind of um, future do you want? What kind of, uh, you know, what is your day filled with in terms of um, the, the desires of your heart? And begin to listen to your heart. Begin to listen to those deeper unlocked chambers of of your soul and 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 to begin to get that out on paper and say like what is it that i want because i talk to people all the time in in counseling where they're really certain about what they don't want Mm -hmm. (laughs) right but they are very foggy and unclear on what they do want and so that to me is a really worthy project And, and it doesn't have to be like we sit down in one sitting and just um, you know, it just kind of barfs, we barf it all out. <laughs> it's all there. Like begin to, to think about that and keep that in front of you and, and meditate on that and think about that and then capture those ideas. And then I would say we start building the structures around that. And part of, you know, part of, um, you know, problem solving what we want, like how do we get what we want is that idea of, I, I think it's moving into counseling. I think it's moving into, uh, safe relationship Mm -hmm. where we're talking about these things it's about activating our body activating our motion and movement Mm -hmm. around the things that we want i think that's a huge thing and and i could talk about the body part of this forever because i know so much of this is about like it's not just the mind it isn't just thoughts it's like i have to engage my body in uh moving towards health and Mm -hmm. That's a huge part. So I'd say like figure out ways where you could engage your body in motion where you're doing something that your body doesn't normally do 
um, that's a good way to start moving from this place of false self, fear, shame, and into this new life. What do you mean by that? A place that it doesn't normally go? Yeah. I mean, it could be all the way from, uh, instead of eating a, a gallon of ice cream when I feel sad or depressed, I go for a walk. Mm. Yeah. 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 That's okay. a, that's a re-engagement of my body. It's mm-hmm. a different choice that I make for my body in that moment. Um, it could be all the way from instead of, uh, throwing myself into, um, work or performance or trying to you know work harder on something, I, I throw my body into a place of self-care. Mm. You know, I can go, I go to the computer and start firing, firing off emails and use my, my fingers and my hands and my brain and my body. And when I'm sitting on this chair and I could be at the computer and I can do email to try to, you know, mm-hmm. perform more, or I can go sit on my patio, uh, and turn my chair towards the sun and sit down there, get rid of the cell phone, leave it, you know, mm-hmm. at the table, at the table or whatever. And I just, I, I, I focus on breathing. Mm-hmm. Like that's a, that's a different engagement of our body. And so looking for, for different ways to kind of throw our body into the solution versus old patterns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is, that's really great information. I could ask you a million questions is what I'm learning. <laughs> we could be here forever, but I know we don't have a lot of time. So I want to ask you one more question. What is your final piece of advice? Like what, what do you want to leave us with? Hmm. Well, I think it's the message that I uh, try to communicate all the time, whether it's in my books or workshops or on the podcast, whether it's just talking with friends. It's just this basic, really simple idea that I like that I just love reminding people that they are they are loved more than they could ever know. Mm. Um, And I think my mission, my my goal in life just help people be less afraid of their stories to, to really begin to understand uh, how loved they are, how important they are, how, how their story matters, and, um, and to begin to live in that place of love versus living in a place of fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so good. And you've mentioned your workshops before, which I've been looking into. Like, I am really... Um, considering coming out to do one of those. Oh, you should come. I know. I know. Can you tell us a little bit more about your workshops, your podcasts, your books, where we can learn more about you and what you would do so everyone can run on over there and get some of that information? Yeah, no. Well, I think probably the best place to to go is really my my website, which is just mikefoster.tv. Even though I don't have a TV show, it's uh, (laughs) mikefoster.tv. And, um, it has all the information about the workshops and my resources and there's the podcast there, but the workshops are really simple. I I have a training workshop called rescue Academy where I teach people how to coach and counsel uh, hurting people. And it's a two day workshop here in San Diego. It's super interactive, super fun. Uh, I just, I love helping other heart healers out there. And, Mm -hmm. And this isn't about professional training. This isn't, Hey, I have to be a marriage family therapist. I have to have a degree. This really, my heart is to train people who are hairstylists, Uber drivers, just the 
the mom in the neighborhood who all the other moms go to uh, when they're in trouble. You know, it's just helping people uh, really learn to ask beautiful questions. Uh, we do a lot. Of, I teach people how to draw and doodle. I'm a big visual guy and really believe in the power of small, little, simple drawings that help people understand large concepts and sometimes complicated concepts around um, our dysfunction and our pain. So that that's a training workshop called Rescue Academy. I've got this new workshop called Strongest, which is really a, a personal development two-day workshop where we'll be talking about our dreams. We'll be talking about emotional fitness. We'll be talking about self-care. We'll be talking about really just how to live a a thriving life and um, really excited about about that. That's coming up in May. And then uh, the podcast is probably the, you know, if, if you're listening to a podcast right now, yes. maybe you uh, <laughs> would want to hop on over to uh, Fun Therapy, which is uh, on iTunes and Spotify. And it's just a great, it's a, to me, I like to think of it as a, a podcast where we, we just be, we just tell the truth. And I talk to leaders, artists, musicians, uh, people who just my friends who uh, we, you know, I, we get into the real stuff and we go for the real heart of the issue. And I've, I've had it described where so many people tell me that it's, it's sort of their weekly therapy session. Mm -hmm. And what's, what's beautiful about the podcast is I think when we hear honest stories and, and it really is honest. I mean, we talk about, we talk about abuse. We talk about shame. We talk about addiction. I mean, we talk about body image. I mean, we, we go, we go all there and, um, and all in. And I think what's happening is that people who are listening are feeling less alone and are actually beginning to do their own work and find their way to freedom. So I'm really, I love the podcast and it's just been, uh, such a honor to be able to to do it and it, it seems to be helping a lot of people too which is also exciting yeah the podcast I mean it's fantastic like I said you won't be able to listen to just one you'll just keep listening and listening and listening I really do enjoy it so Mike you have been a wealth Thank of you. knowledge and I'm going to encourage everyone to run over to your website check out all the resources you have I'll make sure and link them all up in the show notes and hopefully this isn't the last time you're on the show Mike I know I had a whole bunch of relationship questions to ask you about we didn't even make it there so anyways thank you so much again for being here it's been a true honor uh, it's been, been a real treat. I'm so glad we were able to talk and thanks so much for the opportunity. Oh my goodness. Was that not fantastic? I have been so excited to have Mike on the podcast. Like I said, I love his show. I binge listen to it and that's not a joke. It really is fantastic. And it just has opened up my eyes to so many other things that I can continue to work on. And like he said, this isn't a destination. It's a journey. So I hope that you took some information from this. I am for sure going to be doing the icon thing that he talked about. I'm actually going to go work on it now. Um, remember how he talked about his um, his negative self icon and then his positive self icon, which was the lion. I think that's such a great exercise and just a visualization to how we can continue this journey in health and really just live it out. I also loved how he said that this isn't just a mindset thing, but we have to put this into body action. So what are some little things that you can do today? Like just take some time to recognize where maybe you're feeling those emotions and how can you take what you do in that time and put the body to work in positive ways? 
Like he said, maybe it's sitting in the sun and doing some deep breathing, or maybe it's going on a walk instead of digging into the ice cream. You know, what little things that can you do to help you on this journey of overcoming the mind and fixating on something positive rather than the negative and the shame? And it's not to diminish that in any way, but like he said, to change that story, to change how we've closed that story into one that's positive and to use it for good. I fully believe that we all have a story. We all have some trauma and that we can use that trauma for greater purpose. And this is exactly why I love the mindset series. And I want to talk about this so much because our body only works based on our mind and how we think is often how we feel. So could we change our body scope by just changing our mind and choosing the good rather than the bad? So anyways, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I hope you loved it as much as I did. Make sure you check out all the information on Mike Foster at mikefoster.tv. Also, since you're listening to this podcast, wherever you listen, search for Fun Therapy. You are going to love it. Hit subscribe, leave a rating and review for Mike. He is fantastic. And I hope that you love that show as much as I do. Also, don't forget all the information that's going to be in the show notes. I'm going to share a little bit of my icons like he shared with the lions and how I created mine and what my new icon is that I'm going to focus on. I think that's a great exercise and I hope to hit up one of his conferences really soon. And I encourage you to check that out as well. I really want to put past the stigma of counseling and therapy and needing help because I really believe that we all do in some way and we can and we can all find great value from it. So push past that, work on this, and I can assure you that you are going to see great changes, not just in your mind, but your entire life, your relationships, and everything else. Remember, also, if you want some additional help with this and some journaling cues and how to uncover what it is that you really want, head on over to simplerswellness.com and grab my mindset download. Inside that download, you are going to find a ton of information to help you start this journey of uncovering what it is that you want, where do you want to go, and what little changes can you start to implement. It helps you define a new story, uncover the lies and the past trauma, and really just gets you started in the journaling aspect, which maybe is the first stages in this. The second step is to find someone you can trust to tell that to, to voice that to. I also encourage you to go find a therapist or a counselor that you can trust and that can really help you work through this information to dig it up and to use it for good in your life. So thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. We will be back here Monday for another Monday Motivation. In the meantime, have a great rest of the week and start to uncover your past and define what is that new icon that you're going to create.